1: I and did? that is you know you know how you go into a Walmart or a Kmart and they have they have a little round bin of like the super deep discount dVDs that are like ninety nine dollars This podcast is like that idea for words. We have words in buckets on sale we 're bringing them to you and it 's mostly about cars. Welcome back to the podcast
0: awesome, I agree, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. But before we get there, before we begin, we just want to thank our TV sponsors for season two Definitely. that we're currently in. And by the way, episode two is up on Vimeo. If you have not caught that. Well, episode
1: two is, no, actually just posted on YouTube today. All the episodes are on Vimeo. All the episodes and are on, they're on Vimeo. Vimeo, that's And all coming right. to Amazon soon. There's, thank you for the correction. Yes, that's lots all of on places YouTube. So is. you can yeah. see
0: that Vimeo is the whole season. But mm-hmm. that is uh, – our sponsors are Covercraft, Grio's Garage, and our friends at Auto Tempest as well. And mm-hmm. if you use the code every day for Covercraft and Grio's Garage – Covercraft will give you free shipping. Mm -hmm. Griot's Garage will give you 10% off your order.
1: And you may have heard on the last couple podcasts, we did a giveaway. We did a giveaway on all our social media thanks to our friends at Covercraft and Alex won. And Alex has asked, asked for a sunshade and that is in process with Covercraft to get that sunshade to him, which is great. And I say that because next week... Is a big GRIOS giveaway. So yeah. listen now, because we're going posting more stuff. It's probably going to be your expedition. I think for the it is going to be the expedition. That'll be perfect. Yeah. That'll be great. Yeah, we got I think a big, so. uh, big uh, kind of starter kit product coming from GRIOS that is really awesome. So be listening for that and watching for that as well. We have a really cool question up front that came from last podcast's questions, and then uh, two car debates: one for Josh in Germany, and one for Vincent in San Francisco. And both of them, I do see the common thread: <laughs> have a BMW theme. Like that, huh? I'm going to try to wrench us away from BMW a bit, but there's some interesting stuff there. But first off, we should get to this question.
0: Yeah, from uh, TC Car Guy on Instagram. Thank you for writing this. This was uh, something that we decided to do up front because it's a little bit longer of an intro, a little mm-hmm. bit longer a question. And what I like about it is it speaks to the dynamics that Todd and I crave and love yeah, and look yeah, for. Yeah. That cars that we have learned our own skills in and sure, developed sure. skills in and the question is if we were to host a track day with the intention being to show the differences in dynamics between the common drivetrain layouts mm-hmm. and it gives four drivetrain layouts here mm-hmm. so front engine rear drive front engine front drive mid engine rear drive and then finally all wheel drive mm-hmm. now there is of course the rear rear and you oh, know I which covered car that one too. talking about. I covered that one too I'm glad yeah. so that's got to be in there too but i think this is really interesting and again because you and i have developed our skills, honed them, driven these cars. I think it's gonna be an interesting discussion here about what we would recommend. And I've actually got multiple cars for each of these
1: categories. I have two for each category. Cause I tried to pick something okay. that gave you a good and bad or two different executions of the same idea in every place. Hmm, interesting. So I tried to try to chase that. And yeah, it's ultimately five categories. I'm just gonna jump in real quick with front wheel drive. Go for it. And what, what you need to have in front wheel drive is you need to have something, and, and I'm picturing this day, I mean, while we're we're dreaming, let's just dream. I'm picturing this day. Let's do it. We do it all the time. You get there, and there are both track and skid pad opportunities. And actually, in some cases, a lot more skid pad than track. Because the whole point here is to get the car out of shape. Mm -hmm. To put it in a bad situation and see what it does. Yeah, right. right. And so the place to start is genuine. There are other cars in this category. But but some sort of entry-level front-wheel drive like a Toyota Corolla. Because all that will do... Are you He's saying understeer. you brought a Toyota Corolla to this track? I day? am saying I brought one. Do Corollas belong at track days? In this case, yes. Besides the parking lot, I mean. Well, you know who knows. If the, hey, run what you brung. But but the point <laughs> is, but but the whole the whole point here is to have a, a kind of base entry level front wheel drive, and so I'll just take with the, go with the Corolla, just to show the natural safety setup of every manufacturer, which is understeer. It's understeer without any other characteristics. Fair enough. It just does understeer. We wouldn't be in that car long. But that is necessary. 10 seconds and we're done. Yeah. You get a couple passes. You you discover the understeer is awful. You hear the tires squeal and you move on to the Fiesta ST.
0: Okay. Because
1: while there are other cars that do this, it is such a light car and chuckable car that you can see understeer, but you can also get it to rotate under braking, get it to rotate without being under braking. You can get it to rotate just by lifting off the throttle. Yeah, true. So you can find that rotation point. Seriously, you can find that rotation point in front-wheel drive because front-wheel drive as the Corolla will have already shown us, only wants to understeer unless it's set up right and you can force it to, to rotate. And the Fiesta will do that happily and gladly. But you can't get too far out of shape because you put your foot in it. And the front now tucks in and goes goes again. Sure, sure.
0: I w- in that category, I actually chose the Fiesta ST as well mm-hmm. because of all the dynamics you just suggested. But I also have the Honda CRZ in there hmm. to show what a low power but still fun car can do. And yes, when you that's push good. it, it'll understeer. Of course. But there's some dynamics to be found there. There's mm, that's good. surprise and delight. And I, I really yeah. like that car for that reason. Okay. So that is in my category the front engine, front wheel drive. That's cool. Again, very surprising. And again, this category doesn't have to be the most power. Mm-hmm. That's honestly, some of the other cars I suggest here do have quite a bit of power. But that's, you know, I want to feel that dynamics and, you yeah. know, what can front wheel yeah, drive yeah. do because it's only going to be exacerbated. Once you add a whole bunch of power to the front wheels that are trying to do everything,
1: sure, sure, for sure, absolutely. And those
0: cars are out there, but absolutely, yeah. You know, let's start with low power before we graduate mm-hmm. to something like a, you know, Focus RS or, a, you know, front wheel drive bias, I guess. So that'd yeah. be a Golf R, or something, yeah, a Golf something R. along that. Those well, but lines.
1: I even imagine if, if we're talking about that world, imagine having throwing a Mazda Speed three in there. Mm-hmm. which is crazy fun to drive and will absolutely understeer, but will also torque steer on you. So you can be yeah. like, surprise, torque steer. <laughs> Lots of lessons so, in them. Yeah, awesome for P3. sure. Absolutely. All right, so moving on to the front engine rear wheel drive
0: category. Oh, okay, all right. Let's 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 stay front engine for, for now. Okay. Of course, the Honda S2000 has to be in this category. Okay. Although it technically is a front mid-engine car. Yes, it's true. But the engine just happens to be ahead of you, so let's call it front engine That car really speaks to me. Mm -hmm. It really Mm -hmm. does. We've recommended it endlessly. You've heard it before. I've got a bunch of other cars in this category that are kind of moving up for different reasons. An E46 BMW M3 or an M2. Okay, yeah. For that feeling, for that dynamics and adding power. A Mustang GT is Mm. on this list. Just a solid V8 Mustang. Okay. And then at the very top end... Once we've graduated past all those cars, you've got to get in a C7 Corvette Z06. Interesting.
1: Yeah. This has to be on that list to to feel what this beast is. It's good. I like that. And it's still, for for cars of that power, I was talking to somebody about this today because they were asking me about the Hellcat and, and the horsepower. But Of course, 700 horsepower, right? Mm-hmm. 707. And I made the comment like it matters exactly that. that extra seven. You're really going <laughs> to wow. feel. You're really going to feel this, but no, you're not. Yeah, exactly. But but I made the point that you know the Z06 has got quote unquote only 650. Yeah, it's okay. such a slugger. But it's almost a thousand pounds lighter. Yeah, which is a huge deal. Yeah. And just the way it carries its weight. I actually had the C7 and the Z06 as an even better choice. I had the C7 on my list as well. Good. And, I, again, I'm trying to go with two cars. I, with, with only, like, one exception, everything on my list is also cars that you could go buy right now. Mm. So I try to stay in, like, current stuff that is currently being sold. I love your S2000 idea. Of course, I just brought up the Mazda Speed 3. There's some here that aren't. Sure. But I try to stay in that world. So Corvette C7 Z06 would be great. It's a great one to graduate, to, But the starter car there... I have to go there is the 86 because I feel like the 86 and the vet, it's the same idea. Just cranked up to 11 to get to the vet. Yeah. It's the same essential basic body shape. It's the same essential components. You just cranked it up to 11. So start in the 86. Don't have a lot of power, but you understand that low center of gravity, well-balanced rear wheel drive will slide when you want it to can duck into a corner. You get all of that under under your belt, so to speak. And then you graduate to take this idea and light it on fire. And now you're in the Z06.
0: Yeah, you're right. I like the lightweight nature of the 86 II. Mm-hmm. And just feeling that before
1: we add power, I do like that. But then, you know, there is a time to add power. Well, and I like your other ones there, though. I mean, the, the E46 is great. The current M2 is wonderful. I mean, they're all in that same essential setup. But I liked the idea that even like silhouette size, silhouette-wise, that 86 and C7, you can just, you can see the lineage there and be like, sure, okay, it's the same sure. kind of I wouldn't car.
0: call it a mini Corvette by any stretch, but I can see, you see what you're point. talking about. Yeah. yeah. All right. So moving up to the mid engine rear wheel drive, it's the two cars you and I own for very different yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah. One is a very it's funny. I completely neutral mid engine Cayman. And one is a neutral until it's not at least. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And learning how to keep the power on through the corner in mid-engine rear-wheel drive cars yeah. and what that teaches you about your driving. Those two are at my bottom end, interestingly. Oh, interesting. Okay. But to go real high, I love the 650S Coupe McLaren. Okay. Yeah, so can't go the next wrong, generation yeah. after the 12C, we'll say. Yeah. That lightweight feeling is still there now with a whole lot more power. That changes the dynamic dramatically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a really interesting car. So I
1: I would put that up there. Okay. Well, I had the Lotus and the Porsche for similar reasons, but just to speak on that a bit more, the Cayman is probably, if not definitely, the most docile mid-engine on the planet. It's not really prone to understeer, and it's not really prone to snap oversteer either. No, it's you, not. You really have to get very out of shape for that car to bite you. The Lotus is not that way. The Lotus much so. will understeer. You, you, don't, you don't have oh, it'll power push, it. Yeah. it. It'll just push. It'll understeer. It's got, it's got tiny tires in the front comparative to the rear, and it'll understeer. Sure. sure Try sure. to drift it at low speed. It just understeers. But at the same time, you get enough power, you disrupt it, that back will come around and see what the problem is. It is on its (laughs) way. Or create the problem. Exactly. (laughs) It is on its way, and you better catch it quick. And you've got a manual steering rack, so you better be fast. And I've had both of those experiences in my Lotus, let alone other Lotuses. I've I've been in both those situations where, oh, look, it's pushing. Oh, look, the back's coming around. So it is the unforgiving, I would say, traditional nature of mid-engine cars. Mm -hmm. And the Cayman is is all the goodness of mid-engine. But most of the bad is just kind of filed away, which is a really interesting comparison.
0: Most of the bad, uh, I would say, reveals itself at higher speeds than the Lotus. Oh, for sure. No, it's still there. It's very much there, but that at the higher speed, yeah. let's say above 90, I think it'll I think, start to really dance on that edge. I think the average
1: person is never going to get to a place where they're going to find that in the Cayman, though, unless yeah. they're, they're really, like, hunting. And I think in a track day like we're talking about, you probably wouldn't really find it in the Cayman, but you'd find it in the Lotus. In the Lotus, you, should. you definitely would,
0: and like I said, especially at lower speeds. Well,
1: there was that one year when they—I think it was either the 08 or 09 Motor Press Guild track day. Where yeah. over the course right. of the
0: of the of the day.
1: People just didn't
0: understand that car.
1: Four guys spun the Lotus. These are journalists. Now, yeah. I, we've talked before about how some car journalists can really drive and some <clears throat> really cannot. But it was the first Makes year, it was the first year of the factory supercharged Elise and I watched four different journalists spin that car coming out of a corner. Lift
0: off oversteer. Welcome to it. Yeah. Anyway. Right this way through the through the gravel, through the hedge. Yeah. Through the hay bales. All right, so moving on up to the all-wheel drive category. I found this pretty interesting. There are all wheel drive cars, mm-hmm. a lot of them out there, For made, sure, yeah. But none that I think reveal their character more than the Mitsubishi Evo 10, mm-hmm. first off, the latest Nissan GTR, so the R35, Nissan GT- GTR. Agreed, agreed. Whatever generation from 09 up to current, current sure, version. Sure, sure, sure. And an Audi R8.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I, I see that. I want
0: you to feel that quattro and the difference between mm-hmm. all of these setups. The power distribution in the R8 is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. But again, those are also interestingly different platforms. They're all all-wheel drive, but some are front engine, some are mid engine. Yeah. So very different power yeah. setups. Interesting. And then yeah, four-cylinder, six-cylinder, eight-cylinder.
1: That's excellent. I did not, I did not get that involved. But on all-wheel drive, the thing I wanted to, to, to make sure came across here is I wanted, if you would, what I would describe as. Traditional all-wheel drive and trickery all-wheel drive. Traditional, mm-hmm. something like an STI or a WRX. Oh, sure. And you may have to go back a generation even. Where because breaking a little well, bit Well, to, because, to because to that's the thing. The current ones, well, Subaru all the way back is a 50-50 all-wheel drive split. If you put yeah. those cars on the lift and you spin a wheel, you watch them all move. Right. And they all move at the same time. I mean, I know there's exactly. diffs involved, but I mean, they're, they're, it's just a 50 50 split. There's nothing else going on. The current ones do have some brake vectoring, which is a little bit of cheating, but ultimately it's an all wheel drive 50 50 split system. The Evo. And the GTR and i would I would almost prefer the GTR because a it's still being sold, and b it is the bigger boy, but mm-hmm. either one work because both of them do the same thing, and they actually proactively push power around it's not it's not brake vectoring it's actual torque vectoring right. they push power around to make you a rock star and when you drive that 's why we've done the STI and the Evo discussion many times. you drive those back to back, you can feel that difference in the corner, and mm. that would be something fascinating to feel where the car just goes oh, well, I don't really care that much about physics, and it finds you grip.
0: Yeah, which is astounding. It's staggering. It's crazy,
1: and and it is a different style of driving. And the and the, the Evo does it well, and the GTR does it even better, but it is three times the cost. So there's yeah. those those realities. But I think having that comparison of just here is a really well set up, straight 50-50 all-wheel drive set up for for enthusiasts. Now let's do witchcraft on top of that.
0: Yeah, no, that's excellent. Well, finally, rear-wheel drive, rear-engine. Got to have a 911 in there. And the reason I bring this up is because it is in a category by itself by virtue of braking. I agree with that. So you're coming in hot to a corner, and you can brake so much harder and later than everybody else. Because the harder you brake, well, that weight of the engine is pushing the back end of the car down. But don't brake and turn. But don't brake and <laughs> don't turn. Break it. Please,
1: please don't brake and turn.
0: So you're neutral through the corner, and then it's a... A completely different time period when you jump back onto the throttle. Yeah. Unless you want to drift
1: your 911 around the corner. Yeah. Well, and I actually did two here because I think you have to have that, eight like we just had in the the, uh, uh, M3 E30 versus 911 piece. You need to have an 80s Carrera. Okay. Next to a current 991. Because of size and weight, because of the way the rear engine is or isn't a problem, and and that Mm. to me is the same thing going on with the Lotus and Cayman discussion back in mid-engine. That eighties nine eleven will bite. It will be perfectly happy to bite you if you get it wrong. It's like a Lotus. The nine nine one will cause a problem. The nine nine one is going to do everything it can to hide the fact that it's rear engine at all. Because yeah. it's gotten bigger and because they've moved the engine forward and everything about the dynamics, it's very hard, still possible, it's very hard to get a nine nine one as wrong as you can get a classic nine eleven. That's why I would do eighties and the nine nine one and talk about how much has this rear engine become less of an issue. Excellent.
0: Yeah, well, if you guys have a chance to drive any of these cars, we highly recommend it. Of course, we'd love to have the transporter roll up with all of these cars. It'd Absolutely. Take a couple transporters with Everything. That would what be a track day the that everyday would be.
1: driver car uh, track day for sure. That I mean amazing. that is yeah.
0: that is right there. I think in the usual suspects category mm-hmm. of everything that we talk about from dynamics and we compare just about every car we drive to yeah. the benchmark of cars. What's interesting to me is I hope that changes and morphs and you know becomes different. Some cars are added, other cars are replaced mm-hmm. by virtue of mm-hmm. new technology or whatever that is, but there's still these benchmarks like the FRS,
1: like the S2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't deny. Well, I I have a story for later to relate to another question, but I actually drove the Lotus this week for the first time in probably six weeks. Yeah, I saw. You're a pretty happy camper. Oh, my gosh. It's just that – I was so struck all day besides the fact that I enjoy driving it. And there's look, I could go on about the problems with it too, the things about it that are just require sacrifice, okay? But at the same mm-hmm. time, Noise. I was so struck the water. <laughs> I was so <laughs> struck driving it all day about how that is one of those moment in time cars. And I feel like the S two thousands in that camp as well. Sure. Where for sure. whatever reason this car got made, got through safety regulations, was sold to the public, and will never go back. Yeah. It's just a it's a total moment in time car. And it's awesome. But there's really not anything else to put it with because it's just like, how did this get through kind of car?
0: I like the segue because speaking of moment in time, Josh in Germany is writing to us as a BMW lover Mm -hmm. and also asking about classic cars. He's currently in Germany. Bit of a twist here. He is uh, not looking for something new. He's looking for a car, a classic car that he can bring back home with him Mm -hmm. to the U.S., When he leaves Germany in 2020, Mm -hmm. so if you're listening to this podcast after that, we still have a few years, but a couple (laughs) of years, but anyway, he would be home at that point, but he's looking at doing this is because he won't have to pay for shipping, Mm -hmm. whatever circumstances that is. So he's looking for something that is more than 25 years old. So 95, 94, somewhere in there Yeah, yeah, and older must be manual. He would like four doors. He said, see my wife. Yeah. But it's not critical. He's currently got an 09 BMW 135i, and they have a baby on the way. Congratulations on your family. And the classic car will more than likely be a secondary car when they're back in the United Mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. Something unique, something collectible. He's not brand loyal, but I think you are to BMWs. (laughs) And he's stopping me, hard cap, €25,000.
1: Yeah, So classic car rarely do we get the, the opportunity to go shop for classic cars. And I'm not good at this, I realize. As I start to dig this into this, is fun. I'm like, because the, here's, here's where I got myself stuck. It's not the fact of getting the older car. Maybe, and maybe I'm down a rabbit trail here that doesn't, doesn't matter, but I kind of feel like Josh has got an opportunity to bring something over that isn't common here. True. I thought of lots of things that are old enough. <laughs> Unimogs, maybe? Yeah, exactly. I thought of lots of things that are old enough, but where I, I got myself stuck was trying to think old enough and actually unique we don't get it here much. <laughs> unique can mean mean pad. It can. It can. So I actually what have a couple. unique baby. I have a, <laughs> I have a couple thoughts, but uh, I don't feel like I ever landed on the perfect answer here. But I have a couple things I want to bring up for sure.
0: Okay. Interesting. All right. So as I said, he's got a 135. He's also got a 1979 Mini Cooper. It's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, very. So obviously in a different country, but he's like you. He's saying he's a small car guy. Mm-hmm. He started looking at skylines, but now the market seems to be saturated. Now this 25-year rule is yeah, yeah, yeah. now, uh, in fact, yeah, here are free or, or for the rule for is sure. up. Yeah. So the car will not see any track time. It's just meant to be driven and enjoyed on weekends. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it there. It's a broad search, as he says. And he's only two hours from the ring. So, Josh, if you can make it down, love to see it. If you can go on the trip, that'd be awesome. But yeah. at the very least, we'd love to say hello. So, for sure. Uh, if for you sure. can make it. That's a, uh, a soft open for the
1: upcoming 2018 pilgrimage trip. It is happening. We just don't have registration open yet. Registration is going to open in a few weeks. It is going to happen that first weekend in August. I believe the dates are 2 through 7. That is updated on the website. More info to come. But, uh, yeah, that's happening soon for sure.
0: All right. So back to your debate here, Josh. I'm going to start out with saying that many cars were available in the U.S. There there are exceptions. Mm -hmm. We'll say the Audi RS2, something like that. Mm, That's a cool one, yeah. Not available in the U.S. or, you know, there's a few here. And I would say, don't quote me on this, but there are more top quality classics closer to the original and more of them available in Germany and available in Europe than they are in the States. Maybe, yeah. Generally speaking, of course, there's caveats, depends on the car. Sure, sure. But there's so many over there. We just see classic cars constantly. Maybe it's because we're getting ourselves in front of them. but Because <laughs> we're going to places like The Ring. It's like, look at that car. Well, look yeah, at that car. But yeah. There are a few exceptions, and I want to put this out there. I, uh, I know you're into BMWs, so here's my, my not BMW choice for you. Good for you. Let's okay, good. With. It's a 1980 okay. Mercedes-Benz 350 mm. SL with a four-speed manual.
1: Hmm,
0: okay. Now, you can find that car in the U.S., but again, it's rare. Sure. And I'm just wondering, sure. by virtue of bringing a car over, you might be able to find one here, but it's going to be, you know, hard search, all that stuff. Yeah, so if you get one and bring it over, then... Interesting. Okay, yeah, you could still get one here, but look at the rarity of what I've got. Yeah, now. So yeah, yeah. an SL just cruising with the manual? That could be cool. In the That's 1980 fun. with the with the new headlights, I, I really like that car. Okay, all right. Just kind of a fun cruiser car. Again, oh. no track time, so yeah, take it yeah, on your weekends. Just enjoy yourself. So now, my BMW choice for you, okay, is because this car is very rare. It's the seventy-three, seventy-four, two thousand two turbo. Ooh, okay, that's good. Just over sixteen hundred were built because of the oil crisis in nineteen seventy-three. So, this is a car introduced at the Frankfurt Motor Show in nineteen seventy-three. Okay, but then the whole, of course, the oil crisis happened even though I yeah. don't know
1: why that car would have been affected. Yeah. I mean... But turbo is now a bad word, yeah. Yeah, apparently. That brought us the Mustang too, and let's all, let's all have oh, a moment let's, of silence for the Mustang that. Too. yeah.
0: So, yeah, 2002 Turbo. And again, mm, okay. you can find them in the U.S., but if you find the opportunity to get a nicer one in Germany... Yeah. What are the prices on those? Are they within the price for this?
1: Um, I, I would, may be... I would think the turbos would be the thing that would blow that out.
0: Yeah, I, I may be off on that. Mm-hmm. But, and and the other problem is, let's say Porsches worldwide... They've been affected by the the price
1: increase. Absolutely. It doesn't matter where you You're not, not going you to find a deal them. on a Porsche in Germany, really. It's just still going to be the same as everywhere else. Right.
0: Now, with the 2002 Turbo, maybe. Mm. But I'm saying you might find more of them. Sure. I see that. I see and that. maybe they're closer to original. Okay.
1: All right. I see where you went. I see where you went.
0: I mean, I'd love... I have never seen a 944 Club Sport RS until we went to Germany.
1: Fair, yeah. Those have got to be worth some money, though. But yeah, but that's, that's cool. the thing. I,
0: I think they're way yeah. above twenty five thousand euros. And of course, yeah. I'd love for you to find a nineteen ninety three Porsche nine eleven RS America. But
1: well, yeah, if you yeah.
0: got money to spend. Anyway, so I'm I'm looking at that Mercedes Benz for you, just because it's a cruiser, and hmm. because Mercedes manuals are so non existent. Yeah, yeah. That's why I went there, and I, I think it'd be just a cool unique and then it'd be a conversation piece for sure for sure but then the turbo the bmw 2002 turbo and i may be again way out of the weeds price wise
1: okay well actually while you're talking i had this thought that i hadn't thought originally but i did have this thought i wonder if 928 prices are still pretty low over there now I was wondering about that car too. I mean, the real
0: nice ones here are astronomical. They're starting to get way up there. I yeah. wish I still had mine. And the ones
1: and the ones that, that you can afford are pretty beat down, but I wonder if Germany's avoided. I actually didn't look that car up prior, so I'm kind of speaking out of turn here, but I'm wondering right now if that's one of those that you could get away with finding a really nice one for a deal in Germany and you bring it back over here. That's the other thing I thought about. It's a car that if you have it over here for a couple of years and you want to sell it, you'll probably make some money out of it. I also was thinking along those lines and I wonder if the 928 might work for that. Mm. I think you're right. Some of the unique 944s, I, I, I don't know about that, but I, I do think you could get a, a deal on a 928, bring that over here, just enjoy it, a real and then quality sell it car. You want. I do wonder about that. I did yeah. find a good number. I, I went looking because I was curious what are the prices in Germany. I was looking earlier for E30 M3s, what are those prices. Ooh. And they're the same as they are here. They're, they're wickedly expensive. Yeah, that's the problem. What's interesting is just below the M3, I think it was the 328, so just mm, below okay. the M3. Those are in your budget, and I feel like – And maybe this is just my perception being the, the crazy car guy that I am and going to places like Lemons, but I feel like all of the nice – and I know this isn't right, but I feel like all of the nice E30s that are not M3s are already trashed. I feel like I don't see nice ones of those.
0: Yeah, they're, they're few and far between, but the nice ones So I wonder
1: about finding the non-M3 E30 generation like as high as you can get, close okay. to the M3, Okay. just get a nice one. I, I, I found a few online that were actually, they were very nice. They were in great shape. Hmm. And they're in your budget. Bring that back here. You know you can unload it when you want to for cost or better. And it's unique because it's a BMW E30. So it's it's the ultimate driving machine icon BMW you bought in Germany. That's Which kind of cool. cool. yeah. So I thought of that, if we're going to stay BMW. Also thought, of course, I think it's got to be on the list somewhere, E39 M5s. What are those going for in Germany? Interesting. That may be out, Higher that mileage may be out of theirs, but I do wonder about that, and that's a unique one.
0: It is, and again, to my point, you can find them here, Yeah, but if there is something unique about them and you find a really nice one or it's, a, color it's a cool color or something it's a cool like story. that to bring it yeah. over, plus free shipping.
1: And then I have, then I have my car that I really like for this, but it is oddball. I did find a couple. It is oddball. What I like about it is it's going to be like nothing you've had. They were never here. Hmm. You can find the right-hand drive and left-hand drive. You want the left-hand drive. When you did, did sell them in Germany, left-hand drive. Okay. And I think when you're done, it's the kind of car you put on, bring a trailer, and people will swarm around it. Okay. The Escort Cosworth.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. Now,
1: I do think that might be newer than 95. I don't know when they started making them. I know they made them to like uh, 99 or so. I don't know when they started making them. That's the only real problem with this idea. I don't know if it's old enough. I think maybe, you can get maybe. Cosworth. But I found a few today that are in your budget. They have the crazy double wing, and it's just they look like nothing else. Are you talking about the Mercure XR4 Ti no, that I'm was not. in the no, U.S.? I'm not. That I'm actually, no, I'm actually talking about the Cosworth, Cosworth uh, Escort. The actual Cosworth yes, Escort. With the crazy double wings. Clarkson had one. They were crazy-looking cars. They're very simple inside. Yeah. But they're all about the engine. Yeah, and they're fast, and they're unique. And, Interesting. And I think you could unload that car easily here, but I also think you would just enjoy. That's the kind of car that whatever speed it goes, you enjoy driving it. And then you take it to Cars and Coffee, and everybody goes, I've never seen one of those.
0: It's got this mythical quality and like skylines do. Yeah, I think so too. But it.
1: I think that's a key thing. The skyline, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm chasing skylines. Who's getting C- Cosworth escorts from Germany and shipping them to the U.S.? Nobody. Yeah, true. So that's why I brought that one up. Like I think it. that's a thought. Like it. Definitely. All right. So uh, is that where you're landing? Um, that's the the place I'm landing. My concern with the Cosworth is is it old enough? But I think that's the unique price wise. I, right
0: I think that'll work fine.
1: For sure. Yeah. If you can find a good one.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for writing. Uh really appreciate it, Josh. And uh this is this is gonna be really interesting. Let us know what uh what your search leads you to. Yeah, and for if sure. you've got your own search and your own debate. Love to hear from you guys, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or the website that is just straight up everydaydriver.com. Yep. Again, write to us with your own debate. and We get a uh, ton
1: of good debates from you guys, so thank you for we, writing in. We have. We do scan them all. We're trying to group them up, and they're great. They're I really will good. also
0: apologize in advance if we cannot get to yours. Hopefully that you can glean and, and take something from others' Hopefully, debates, yeah. and you kind of know what our headspace is and, and kind of how we would shop, but... Hopefully that helps. And uh, like I said, looking
1: forward to hearing from you. We
0: will take a very short break and come right back.
1: Hey, guys, you may have noticed March Madness is here. If you're a person that is obsessed with March Madness, I have an idea for you. There's a way you can make a boatload of money this weekend betting with my bookie. If you haven't checked them out, perfect time, perfect time. Why? Because the Madness of March is here. Lay down some money, score big on those college hoops. You can join thousands of online players. Start betting right now at mybookie.ag. That's right, mybookie.ag. Do you feel sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? That's why I urge you to make your way to
0: mybookie. You win, they pay, fast and without any hassles. Because you're wasting your time betting anywhere else, and they even have in-game live betting so you can place a bet after tip-off.
1: Join now, and mybookie will even match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. You can even enter for a chance to win their Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. Use promo code DRIVER for this show. Promo code DRIVER to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. Here's some useful car
0: tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Kind of weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might also not know about. TrueCar also helps people get used cars.
1: That's right, TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid, you know, so you'll know if you're getting a good
0: deal before you buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states.
1: Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, When an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because, yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. We're back with even more BMW. Apparently, this is the BMW podcast. Hey, we had to cover it. Which is fine. Vince Vincent's writing in from San Francisco Bay Area, and he, he right up front says... I am the BMW fanboy. (laughs) So I came with challenges for our friend Vincent. Did you? But he is shopping, because here's what he's writing. He's shopping and just saying, guys, I've decided I want a BMW 2 Series. Which 2 Series is for me? That's the whole question. But I'm going to try to broaden your mind a bit, Vincent. Interesting. I like this. All right, so his story is the 2 Series,
0: yes. But backing up first, from 05 to 2015, he had an E9325i, that he got for $500 over invoice at the time. He said it wasn't his favorite car at the time because it replaced a 1995 M3. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that was an E36 M3. But it was the first car that he paid off after six years, mm-hmm. and it was the, the most stripped-down model available. Yeah. He felt it was a very much of a an accomplishment in his life, a simple sure. accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For and sure. it was truly his car, and he yeah. always... You know, kind of looked for the 335s or M3s, but this was his car, and he Mm -hmm. never thought he would be quite this attached to the car. (laughs) So come to 2015, where he was unhappy at his job, we're sorry, and had a miserable commute, his wife convinced him to trade it in for an automatic, and he ended up leasing an F thirty BMW three thirty five i. Yeah, yeah, which meant real horsepower, as he said. And he said, "I found it frightening to be above four thousand RPM." <laughs> well, that's where the fun is. Yeah, exactly. You can,
1: Like tape it off on your tack well, right there. Well, but four thousand can be frightening while commuting. Four thousand's awesome <laughs> everywhere yes. else.
0: Yeah, if the traffic is hurtling towards you, yes. So he he still felt this connection is uh, he liked it, but it was lost. The connection was lost with the you know electric power steering, softer suspension, and of course the size and weight gain of the and the of the three series growing up in the market
1: and that excellent uh, ZF eight speed transmission. He excellent, but doesn't exactly increase the involvement. So mm-hmm. he now feels like he's been pushed a little bit distant, even though the car has clearly been a great commuter. Yeah, well, uh, fast forward to now, and his lease is over,
0: and his wife and I, his wife and I, he and his wife, (laughs) I was reading the email there, Vincent. You've never met his wife. I've never met his wife. It was not his wife and I. (laughs) He and his wife ended up replacing the vehicle with a new G01X3, so they got the X drive 30 trim, and she's driving that daily. Yeah. And now he's commuting in an electric Fiat 500E. Mm Mm-hmm interesting i i've i've seen very few of those cars but they they seem very um well, but but high f- when i
1: when but i fiat almost them gave them the them away because it was all about the carbon offsets uh, yes and so they were giving away for like 99 nine dollar a month leases and crazy things just to get them out in the market so they could have the write-off which is a weird bait and switch thing and you're not wrong for commuting in that
0: no you're for not sure, that's for an sure. excellent choice and
1: it's funny because i actually saw a a Non, It wasn't the weird Gucci version, but it was one of the extra little things (laughs) you get. The Gucci version. Remember that? On the 500? I saw a standard 500 today, not in a BART. And that car is just tall, period. And something about the way that they dressed up, if you will, the electric ones, they they accentuate how tall and thin they are. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah. All right. So he's uh, thinking about trading this in. And he says, I like the not pumping gas part, which is nice. But the car's use and range is limited going to work and in-town errands, that kind of thing. So he's saving up right now for a car to call his again yeah. that has a manual transmission despite all the congestion in <laughs> the San Francisco Bay Area. So the Fiat lease is coming to an end, and that's why he's landed on the 2 Series.
1: Yeah. But the yeah. word he
0: uses is crucial here. He says, I like the compactness, mm-hmm. meaning I think you're attracted to the small size. For sure, two
1: for sure. And the two series. Here's the thing: comparative to a lot of things, the two series is not a small car. But compared compared to the rest of the BMW lineup, and compared to most car makers' it's lineups, pretty much the small smallest. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So he's thinking M2, which is a good choice. Great, yeah, but he heard the car may be too stiff. Yeah, it's it's definitely up there. I think you could be generally okay, but you've got real low profile 19-inch tires on that car. I mean, it is definitely stiffer. Yeah. So
1: could you do the compromise? Could you live with it? Maybe. It depends on your tolerance level. My tolerance level for a stiff suspension is very high. Yes, we know. So, you know, that's the thing. The, the amount of rattle going on a Lotus Elise would shock most people. So There's that's a the lot. Thing. What do you want to do? What what What's your tolerance level? I don't think <laughs> the M2 is too stiff for normal driving, but for a lot of people in just a commute situation – yeah, it's going to start to bug you. So it, who are you as a driver, you know? I mean, I'm also the guy that would drive a Focus RS every day and yet there are hordes of comments on the internet about why is the suspension this hard, which is a fair question. I drive a Ford Focus RS every day. Yeah, but it's but definitely. it's fit, definitely a stiff car, same yeah, kind of is. thing.
0: It is. It just depends on how it's damped, I feel like. How it yeah. how it ends at the end of the, sure, sure, the sure. travel. Yeah. I, I think that's the difference there. So he's looking at two series. He's looking at the M240i. I mean, that's the obvious choice after the M2. Mm-hmm. But then anything with the M Sport trim is also brilliant. I, I'm almost thinking if you're going to get a car, a BMW, get the M Sport, get the Sport trim. You need to for sure. That Though that's a requirement, I think. Absolutely. So he's saying, you know, should I spec out the 230? He was liking the uh, the engine in the mm-hmm. new X3. And he thought, all right, that engine combined with a manual, that might be the best way to go. So you're shooting towards being all BMW family again. Yeah. And so he's saying, do I remain faithful to the inline six or what do I do? <laughs> I mean, look, Vincent, BMW has built some wonderful V8s. The E39 M5 comes to yeah. mind. Yeah. That is a
1: wonderful car. The E92 series, that that M3 is a fantastic V8. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty um pretty thirsty. It Oh, yes, absolutely.
0: We'll say that. But I'm, I'm wondering, I think Todd's going to suggest some alternatives. For sure. Yeah. As will I. Mm-hmm. You could probably see where mine is. I, I will say, if it's the 2 Series you're going for, then you've got to be able to consider the 2011 1 Series M Coupe. Okay. You said compact. Mm-hmm. And then you, earlier in your email, you alluded to the electric steering and things being lost in the suspension. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the M2's up there, but if you're even going to consider that, I'm saying the 1M. Okay. And, you know, it might be considered sacrilege to commute in such a car that is demanding to be at the track or demanding to be on a canyon road, but you can do that on the weekends.
1: Yeah, well, well, and I would just applaud you for driving that car all the time. I'm the guy that get a 1M and drive it all the time. There you go. So if you're saving money. That's really cool. Yeah, I see that.
0: And... Okay, I mean, I know this car's value will go down, but by virtue of them only being built one model year, I think it will go down more slowly.
1: Oh, for sure. Just for a sure. guess. I mean, even you, the higher mileage cars can't are still really expensive. Touch, you can't really touch those for less than 50 grand. But you're, since you're talking M2, clearly that's in the cards. Mm-hmm. And that's, if you were to buy a brand new M2 right now or a used 1M right now, that M2 is going to drop like a stone compared to the 1M. It just is because it's the brand new car and the 1M is the unique thing.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I'm also looking at Caymans for you. Okay. All right. And I specifically will call out the 987. Despite the electric steering, mm-hmm. despite you know the larger car, I, I still think this is a car you need to go drive in comparison to the M2.
1: Okay.
0: Every other, or 2 Series in general, every other car that gets compared to the M2 or the 2 Series in general, I think loses. Let's hmm. talk about Mercedes and Infinity and Acura and all the cars that size that mm-hmm. would compete in terms of price, amenities, sure, power, sure, all sure. those kinds of stuff. That's where you're going? I'm all about the two series. But what about the Cayman? Mm, mm. Could be a nice commute car, nice place to be, and then all the things you want to do. You've got great roads in in the Bay Area. Yeah, for sure. North and south of the Bay Area, actually. And,
1: you know, yeah, you want to go manual, but I do think, and I actually had not not really gone too far down that road, even though I I touched on it. You'll see what I mean in a minute. But you could actually have a discussion with yourself about PDK. You could. I mean, you you want to go manual, and I obviously am going to applaud that as a guy that drives manual cars. But I don't sit in traffic much. That's the difference, and so, the Bay Area is the difference, that, I feel like. For sure. So so I do think – I'm going to give you a pass, honestly, Vincent. If if I, I get that you want a manual for the engagement, and I totally applaud you. And if you want to do that, I will applaud you from afar. But if you said, you know what, I just – I can't commute. I can't really do it. And mm. you wanted to get an automatic, you get a free pass here because of where you are. And the PDK is the, ex, the extra free pass, if you will. That I do see where you're going, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was thinking, okay – you know, the new RS3 or the Mercedes A-classes, yeah, yeah. whatever that is, they don't come in manual transmission. They're True. worthy cars yeah, yeah. and have great merits on their own, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't check that manual transmission box for them.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I ran all over the place. I, I'm going to come you? back to the BMW discussion in a minute. But I ran all over the place here because, Vincent, here's the thing. I'm giving you homework. I'm giving you please go drive these homework. Mm. If you're if you're going to go buy a BMW, i want to come back around to the BMW 2 Series in a second because that may be where you land. I get that you like them. Fine. But you have to go drive some stuff first. You have to just because I want you to walk away and go, oh, I see what these other options are now because I feel like there's some, some BMW blinding going on here. Where I want to get you driving okay. some other stuff so that you so that if you wind up in a two series, great, awesome, but you can actually speak to here's the other things I drove that have nothing to do with BMW.
0: You're at least, uh, you're saying justified more in your decision
1: rather than. And, and you know, and you gravitating know. gravitating towards the badge, maybe? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You've had good experience with BMWs. Okay, fine, that's great. But let's go drive some other stuff that is very worthy stuff. And mm-hmm. I was looking at sports cars or enthusiast cars that you could track, but you could also commute in. Okay. Please go drive an 86. But you, but if you have to turo it, I don't care what you do. Drive an 86 in some way that you're not driving it in traffic. I realize. It, it, look, I've done traffic in it. It'll do traffic. But drive it somewhere on a back road. So you get sure, a sense that's of where car. the car comes alive. So you get 86. a sense of what it does well. Yeah. The Mazda MX-5. Go drive one of those. Yeah. yeah. That is an. E- that would. That car is one of those cars that the gearbox is easy enough. You could commute in that car at the six speed and not ever worry about it. I mean, the FRS almost, but the but the MX-5 for sure true really light gearbox easy to work with commute in that car Are deck. you
0: saying the ND generation the brand new Yeah why not MX5. So
1: Go look at the RF while you're at it I saw one of those the other day They're just great looking they're just it great is. looking cars So anyway so drive the MX5 and then you brought it up as well drive either a Boxster or a Cayman
0: Yeah yeah because it's Agreed. it's a
1: viable option here So we're all all of those you can do manuals and then I have two autos but you need to okay. drive them Either or I'm going to Mercedes Are you? Either the CLA AMG 45 or the GLA AMG 45. Okay. You can't get manuals, but they are fire breathers. They have personality. They have a ton of power. But you're in a Mercedes interior. We don't talk about the CLA 45 much. We've I know. have
0: always gravitated towards the GLA, I, but that's.
1: I, I kind that's of do. But I think if we're talking cars, let's at least look at that CLA I what the AMG 45 the weight difference is between those two cars. Good question. Good question. I have to look it up. I hadn't thought about it right mm. now. Uh, so, anyway, so, so drive both those cars. I, I, I've given you essentially five cars to drive. You could say GLA, uh CLA, maybe drive one of them, but still four to five cars to drive because I want you to have all of that experience and then go, do I want the BMW or not? And if you do, okay, I get it. You're a BMW guy, which brings me back to the 2 Series. Okay. How are you going to use this? Or to put it another way, I know you're going to commute in it. What do you want it to feel like? Because I like your 1M a lot because of the, well, because of all the <laughs> reasons the 1M is awesome. But <laughs> well, yeah. if you want kind of steering feel and rotation, then I'm gonna say go smaller engine. I'm gonna say go to the two hundred twenty eight or the two thirty.
0: Because of a lighter front end. Because enders. of the lighter
1: front end, those cars are sharp, they feel light on their feet, they're cool. They're really cool. That that yeah. that turbo oh, yeah. is surprisingly robust, surprisingly fast. I mean, you drive that two series and you drive the F R S and you go, explain to me again why the F R S doesn't have a turbo?
0: I mean, really, yeah, you do, because
1: those cars are so similar in so many other ways. So if you, if, you want, if you want a light rotation, you need to go with the smaller engine. Definitely get M Sport. If you're wanting kind of the more all-around heavy-duty, then you do the, the M235 or the M240, depending upon are you going used or new. So right, that, right. to me, is a dividing line, because we've tracked, obviously, the M235 a lot— We've driven it on the road. We really like that car. I'm not going to take anything away from it. It's just if you wanted the smaller, lighter feel, that's where the the lighter engine comes in.
0: Sure. I remember
1: tracking that 228i a few years ago. Really surprising with the ZA 8 ZF8 speed and everything. It was really impressive. It was a car that the more I pushed it, the more I was surprised by it. You know, I I
0: came to that car thinking this is just going to be a cheap BMW, and they kind of forgot about it, and they're just making it for a— you know, welcome to BMW Mm -hmm. kind of car. Mm -hmm. They paid
1: attention to that car. And it was the base motor with the 8-speed, the 8-speed auto, but it did have the M Sport pack and it was a great all-arounder. That makes the difference. So again, whatever you get, it's got to be the
0: M Sport pack, any car, but... I keep coming back to that M coupe, such a
1: unique car. If you can do a one M rock, the one M I mean, I, I, I will never turn anyone away from that car unless it's one that I was shopping for. And then I'd rather have it, but yeah. Yeah. It's funny
0: because that's where you and I really converge is that one M you're right.
1: That's where our proclivities as they are, that's where they merge. I mean, I
0: could see one in both of
1: our garages, honestly. Yep. Yep. For, and, and Which is loving. really weird. Yeah. Which is really weird because, I mean, because the Lotus and the Cayman really show people who we are as drivers and owners. Mm-hmm. They're both mid engine so. cars. Very much so. They both, you know, original MSRPs were similar, and yet they're incredibly different in that world. Which yeah. is, you're right, we both converge on the 1M and just go, yep, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of brilliant, thank you guys,
0: both of you guys, for writing in. And uh, yeah, lots of great questions on social media. This is a question that I love that I've got to get to right away on Instagram okay. from Matty OC. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he said, design question, huh. why did the industry default to cars being shiny? Mm-hmm. I had a feeling you'd run for this one. And then the second part of the question is, while we're at it, let's have your take on Mansory. We'll get to Mansory in just a moment.
1: <laughs> you already know where that's going. No, we'll we'll get there.
0: Hang on. But shiny cars, well, let's back up to the invention of the car. Let's go to cars before they had a body side, before there were panels. They were just simply open cars. Yeah, They were just defined by the materials. Okay, mm-hmm. so wood, bit of metal. They were wagons without horses. They really were. Yeah, You know, you've got the, the top. Maybe it didn't have a top. But then as things progressed, cars became a status symbol mm-hmm. and started to become that way. And how do you make a status symbol your own? You start to customize things. And it was Harley Earl in the 1920s who was the first color and trim designer and really looked at cars now as the planned obsolescence and disposability and the desirable object. Mm -hmm. And then starting to set them apart by unique trims Mm -hmm. and looking at the car as a, again, status symbol. And again, anything in our lives, what do we want to do to it? We want to make it our own. Your iPhone case, your Android case, whatever that is, your phone case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody wants a customized thing to it. So think back to where cars started and where they evolved and came from just the raw materials. And then by virtue of production processes, now we have fake wood, fake chrome, fake looking metals. Yeah. Back in the day, they were honest. They were... The material that you thought was that indeed was polished aluminum or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And the car manufacturers today that still do that, like Aston Martin, well, you pay for that now because it's 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 handcrafted. Wow, this feels like aluminum. It's because it is. It was hand milled, hand carved, whatever that was. Same with the wood and Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. So again, I find it interesting that over time, a, a way to make the car stand out and then you know, you painted it a color, and then mm, mm. what attracts your eye?
1: Things that are shiny. I mean, we're, we're yeah. like raccoons going after a piece of foil. Yeah, we are. Well, I have a question, though, that as you're making me think about this. If you think about what cars rise up out of, think about like okay. your typical Main Street in, like, 1910. Okay. That's a dirty environment. It's a very dirty environment. Very much so. If you want to show yourself to have some opulence... What do you have? You have something clean and shiny, which is difficult.
0: Very difficult. And in in the uh, let's say that the beginning of cars, when horses and cars still existed, as you're saying, yeah, yeah, the amount of manure that piled <laughs> up in New York City was staggering. Imagine the smells and the yeah. disposal and the yeah, just from all the horses. It was actually a huge problem. Yeah, but then along comes this. Clean. <laughs> it's a bit interesting beautiful. what we think of as clean,
1: depending on what decade we're talking about. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Things have changed, let's put it that way. But yeah. but you know, moving towards a status symbol object, mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? You want it to stand out. Yeah. And again, shiny and add color and then processes about how to coat metal because mm-hmm. then we had to have something around the car to protect the occupants, yeah. which meant sheet metal and body sides. Yeah. But you don't want to just make it ugly, so you painted a color. Yeah. But then you want to coat the metal so it won't rust and fall apart too soon. Yeah. Then Saturn came along and then Saturn went away, fortunately. <laughs> the Tupperware cars. You, you
1: made a jump and then you came back. I see where you went. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I do. Because you think composite bodywork. Yeah. Even though Lotus went that way too, but yeah. you know, mold in the color kind of thing. Yeah. But generally speaking, it's because of cost, you know, all those kinds yeah. of things. And so you find ways to Prepare the material, make it look like something else, and make it stand out. Make it eye-catching. Make it beautiful because cars are now status symbols. The new shiny object. Yeah, oh, it, it really is. is. I gotta have one. Yeah, it really is. Funny. Okay, so Mansory. <laughs> there's elements I like about Mansory, but then they go way too far. It's what mm. a cool idea that has diamond dust embedded in it. Yeah, and there's always going to be the Mansories because there's always going to be people who have so much money they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And it's up to companies like Mansory to figure out, hey, let's make it diamond encrusted, whatever. And it's like a Rolex that it's already expensive. Then you add $35,000 worth
1: of diamonds to it. Yeah. Who cares? Because we can, though. Yeah, yeah. We can do that. Mansory is like the ultimate yes man. We can do that. You know, you know what else we could do while we're trying? No, nobody ever goes, you know what? Stop. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be people who just,
0: yeah, I, I can already afford the Chiron. Yeah. But let's just cover it in diamonds or let's just Because I can because I don't know what else to do with my money. I guess. And so they figured out, hey, we can meet that market niche. (laughs) (laughs) We can do that with money. I
1: can do that. That's funny. Wanna throw money at it? Sure. Uh Pro Pro Florane, I believe that's right, on Instagram, asked a hysterical question that I don't know that has a clear answer. But he starts off by going, uh, my friend's wife is – and I have to stop you right there. <laughs> is this really your friend's wife or is this your wife in disguise? It's one of those discussions. <laughs> Ask well, I have a the, friend. I have a friend who – yeah, exactly. But anyway, I'm just going to say that it, it is what you're claiming. So my friend's wife he says, in my opinion, not the best driver. He describes her as aggressive, lead-footed, indignant, road ragey, overconfident, distracted, and follows closely. That is the recipe for disaster right there. So you're, you've had an interesting thought, and that is obviously it's your friend's wife. You don't want to create an issue, or right. it's your wife. You really don't want to create an issue. Either way, you want to get this solved. So you're wondering about recommending a driving course. Does this help, or does it make her worse? Hmm. Great question. I have a couple of of avenues to follow up on this though do you think she'd go to a driving course is it the kind of thing where maybe you and your wife and your friend and his wife can all go couples therapy seriously love it can you all go because that I think would be cool the the, kind of the the entrance into doing it all four of you go and you make it an outing and then also in the process of making an outing you kind of subtly make it aggressive still gonna be talking about your feelings (laughs) But you end up making it unknowingly competitive. But here's the great thing where I think this could be helpful. Driving instructors, the good ones, don't pull punches. If you're a bad driver doing something wrong, they're riding right seat. Yeah. They will tell you that it's not okay. Yeah. Now, the only potential way that I can see this actually working against you is this – if she has a day and has an instructor that kind of tells her, yeah, you're good, now she's going to feel like I've even taken a driving course so all the driving I do is fine. The problem with a driving course oh, well, I can see that. is you're not going to wind up in a traffic situation where things like following too closely or being too aggressive are a problem. Mm. That's the only downside mm-hmm. I see here. Good point. What you need, honestly, what you need is something like a skid car exercise and an instructor that's pretty hardcore that just will not tolerate you doing anything other than right. Hmm.
0: That's
1: excellent. That would be very helpful, I think. But if it's just an instructor who's like, yeah, you're doing fine, which I've had those guys too. If you have the people that are, yeah, you're doing fine, and she never realizes that she's overly aggressive and it could be problematic, then you're right. You're, you're worse off. I think the four of you should go, though. I like this. see how this goes. I also wonder about just maybe a, a bridge step. What if the four of you go karting? Oh, good. Because I also wonder, everybody everybody thinks they're a really good driver. Until you start to drive with really good drivers and you realize, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> you have to have somebody that is much better than you to kind of knock you down a peg and be like, yeah, I really ought to be better. Karting is a great place to start that.
0: It's an interesting idea. So anyway, there's my thoughts there. Like it. Well, Cajun Michael asked a question that is excellent as well. He says, what is the most ridiculous thing you've done to preserve a fresh... Car wash.
1: Oh, that's a perfect question for you. For Isn't sure. it? Yeah, absolutely. He
0: said, just now I decided to forego picking up dinner on the way home so I could get his car in the garage before a rainstorm hit. Well done, my friend. <laughs> go hungry.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> go without sleep. Go without food. you got your car preserved from the rain. I love it.
1: My wife at Sutter going, you realize we are still hungry, right? <laughs> yes, but there are other cars.
0: Yeah. I admit to doing silly things. I do. Of I you admit have. to uh leaving and trying to stall till the rain has stopped or you know doing silly <laughs> things to to get home first. That's funny. I admit to all of that. And uh in Utah, you know, the car washes in the winter, they don't last very long. No. It's good to do it periodically just get the salt off. Yes. And, you know, if the car said chosen car is subjected to the salt, but You know, then we have our dry, warm, warm ish winter days that we can get the cars out and uh, and still go. But yeah, I've I've done silly things just because I'm like, ah, I've I've come right home and I've instantly dried the car off. If it does get wet, (laughs) I've sort of done the you know waterless car wash thing, even though there's water in the car. I take speed shine. And of course you do. Of course you do. I've been known to do some silly things, too. It's. Trying to think of th- something more ridiculous than that, but but it's up there. Something similar to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move on to Bioshock writing in on Twitter, and he said, Okay, my fiancé says we need four doors for when we have children. Mm. Do we really need to go that route, and st- or, or can we still get something hot? Now, obviously, you can get something like an E90 M3, which is plenty hot, and four doors. But I see where you're going. You still want to have something that is a classic two-door fun car. And then you, then you talk about the fact that one of your earliest memories— was sitting in your dad's Camaro where you couldn't see over the dash because, of course, when all of us were kids, you didn't have big car seats with missiles. So he, he was looking at the dash of his dad's Corvette and just thinking, my dad is my hero. My dad is awesome. And you and you kind of want that in your life. There's a lot of things to unpack here Bioshocks. So I'm going to see if I can take a couple different avenues here. First off, I'm going to submit to you, don't – and I've done this, so I'm, I'm actually saying don't from experience – don't buy the car that you don't need yet. Hmm. She's your fiance, so you're not married, and it sounds like she's not pregnant. So you're going to have kids eventually, but when is that? Couldn't sure. you theoretically? And I don't know. I don't know your time frames, but couldn't you theoretically buy a car now, get married, she gets pregnant, you have a kid, you're get ready to get rid of that car anyway. Why True. are you buying the four door family car this minute? You're not there yet. So that's the first question. That's the first question. Is when, Unless she when, is pregnant. But. Exactly. But, but what's your real timeline? Yeah. Because the way, you, the way you submit this is for when you have kids, suggesting eventually. Well, so don't buy that car now. It's like buying a minivan when it's just the two of you. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You don't need it. But then back to your other question. And there, there are like multiple layers of this, I feel like. You, you even described your dad. You said he was loud and smelled like gasoline. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical. Which brings me to my son this week. Okay. I pulled the Lotus out. And when I pulled the Lotus out, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to take him to school in the Lotus too. Nice. School bus yellow. Exactly. Perfectly. Yeah, exactly. And and he actually got in it and I drove it all day. And then I picked him up from his activity after school, stood on the Lotus. And when we opened the Lotus, again, I've been driving it all day and having a love affair with the car again. So funny. But I'm not trying to push that on him. I know he likes it, but I'm not talking about how much I like the car. But one of the things I thought about all day every time I got in the car was I thought about the Lotus. They all have a very specific smell. All Lotus Elises smell the same. Hmm. Everyone I've ever driven smells the same.
0: What is the smell?
1: Well, it, it's not exactly like it, but it is in that realm of the, the classic cars that smell like gasoline and oil and leathers and those kind of things. It, it It's not quite as good as that old smell, okay. but All it's right. in the same vein. Okay? It's in that world more so than sure. a lot of modern cars. Sure. Okay? But I haven't said anything about this. My son, I'm not, I hadn't told you this yet. My son climbs in after his after-school activity, and he climbs in the Lotus, and he goes... I love the way this car smells. And I said, really? He goes, it smells like motor oil. And I thought, you have no idea what motor oil smells like, (laughs) but I (laughs) love that. That's what your little eight year old brain put together.
0: That's awesome.
1: I thought that was awesome. And I also, and that, that brought me back to the fact that my dad's Jag had a smell.
0: And, and you connect with that every time we drive a car that smells like every
1: that. Every time I drive any car from that era that smells that way, I have yeah. that memory. And I thought of that when my son had that moment. I thought, that's interesting. When will that come back around? <laughs> so, Bioshock, I would love that for you. I'm going to say to you, there's no reason to not have that. And honestly, depending upon how you structure your life, there's no reason to have that even after you have kids. You hmm. can still have fun cars. You've just got to arrange your life around that. We bought a GMC Acadia with seven seats and only ended up having one kid, and went, "Why do we have this enormous car?" That's why I'm saying, "Don't buy the car you don't need yet." Right. So that's the headline. Hopefully that helps. In the future, our kids going to say,
0: "Man, this car smells like burnt lightning," or, "You know, lightning Possibly. burned a tree down." Mm.
1: You know those? I've really we've talked about love Dyson the old electric cars. We talked about Dyson before, and those ion those ion things he makes, those like fans that have, yeah, ion, right. They have an ion smell. Yeah, they World do. Electric cars smell like that.
0: It's going to be the fond memories of that, that old electric car. <laughs> that's way in the future. Dad's first Mr. Fusion. Smelled like, wait, no, that's wrong. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, that ties in with a photo on Instagram, which, which is great. Uh, there's another question from Mister Kid 37 says, in your opinion, is the car enthusiast community growing or shrinking, mm. and why? This is great. I love this kind of thinking, and mm. I believe that it's growing. And I believe it's growing by virtue of events that people who hmm. like to be around cars and car shows and doing something like eating cheese and drinking wine and talking about the nice things in life. Yeah. But there's also just the car shows of appreciation of sheet metal and you know getting together and and you know the Bob's Big Boy car shows in L.A. and just hanging out talking about cars. Yeah. I think people are. Becoming more aware, and and I guess with the proliferation of autonomy and electric cars, I think that's pushing people more towards. Man, I remember, like you said, my dad's Jag, and you know whatever that is, and just I wonder, kind of digging this more. Hmm. Anything that is set up around cars, people can relate to more than boats or planes or any other thing. Those it's are more accessible, high end that. categories. I see that yeah. very much more so. We all can relate to cars in some way. Yeah. I don't care yeah. who we are. Most of us on the planet can relate to a car. Yeah, You like
1: it. You hate it. And, hey, there's an event with cars or a mm-hmm. museum or whatever.
0: Okay, yeah, I could
1: be into it. It is fairly accessible. I see that. I, I don't agree that it's growing. You and I have talked about this a few times of late, and we do disagree on this. But I think that the folks that are into it are getting more into it. And I think that yeah. those of us that like it are embedding ourselves further. And look, I look for the sake of this podcast alone. I hope it's growing because we want well, everybody. Sure. Honestly, sure. honestly, it's our thing. We want we. I actually think that the difference between a car enthusiast and not is if you've owned a car you've loved in your life, and if you've only gone through a series of appliances since you were sixteen, you probably have no car love. If I put you in a car you loved, I bet I could change your mind. I truly believe that. So you're saying solidification of exactly. the community. I think the people that are into cars and love cars because of things like autonomy and it being taken away from us. I'm I'm it sounds doom and gloom, but to follow what I mean. Sure. That that ability being taken to some degree or, or or technology kills it if you will. I think that's making those of us that like it go, "No, no, no, I really do like this, but I don't feel like it's growing. I hope it is, but I don't feel like it is." I th- I I think that people are
0: discovering this. And by I virtue so. of discovery, it's. Rolling. I hope so.
1: If if you're listening right now and you have a friend who doesn't like their car, will you introduce them to this show, please? Because <laughs> no we would kidding. like them to like their car. Who knows what that can bring? Who knows?
0: I love your questions. We've got to get to more of them on uh, subsequent podcasts. But thank you very much. We will end this for now. But as uh, as we wrap things up, please find us on all the uh, the social media. But Vimeo, watch all of our our seasons there. All of season two is up there right now. You're yeah, right. watch all it of them. there. There's uh, there's stuff coming out on YouTube. We are off to L.A. to go shoot the Kia Stinger GT2. Mm-hmm. And... Season 3. A BMW 430i. It's so that awesome. is coming.
1: Season 3, yeah. One of those episodes. And we do have uh, a Model 3 uh, Chevy Bolt piece coming. It's part yeah. of Season 3. Those are two that we are either in the process of shooting or already have pieces in the can, which is very cool. That does not count the other four that we are still in process of. Holy... Season three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just decided today I'm going to save my money for a Porsche Mission E. That's the
1: car I want in the okay. future. All right. Anyway, on we'll that see. note. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> Congra- wait, wait, wait. So you're saying we ended the podcast on a Porsche? I am not surprised. <laughs>
0: Managed to do that one. All right, guys. Thank you again. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers.